0: So I promised someone that I would be uh, giving my testimony in the form of a musical. Yay! <laughs> Trials! No, not happening. <laughs> not happening. Sorry, I wasn't prepared. I'm not good at, good at speaking in front of people. So to kind of ease attention. I need to tell you about this dream I had a couple nights ago. Nate Griman, I had a dream about you. You had this big beard and mustache, and it was black, not red. And you smoked a lot of weed. And you had on these hippie clothes. It was the weirdest thing ever. And I said, Nate Griman, what's wrong with you? And you go, Praise the Lord, I don't care. Exactly. I woke up laughing hysterically. <laughs> it was so funny. So, and I wanted to tell you that I've been dying to, so I took this opportunity so I wouldn't forget. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> I digress. One thing I really want you guys to be encouraged with in making you aware of what this school can do for you. Especially, we're almost, what, well, we're five weeks into it, right? You guys are. And um, I want you to be aware that this school, if you haven't noticed already, can test you to see if you're going to take your walk with God serious or not. And it, it does that, obviously, by Scripture as its main source, but God uses it through the teachers, the classes, the homework, and just living life here in general, and when I first started here, I really wasn't aware of that. And even though I called myself a Christian, I didn't even know how to take my walk with God serious. And I thought I knew all about life, not just because of my military experience, but because of the situation I was at in that point of life. So I thought I knew it all and had the answers. And I didn't even know my Bible enough to even understand how my relationship with God was supposed to work. And to be honest with you, I didn't even understand what the word faith meant. And I was pretty, I don't know Gail will probably remember, hard hearted. <laughs> I wore all these hard rock clothes, and if you were to if I were to do a musical of my testimony, it'd probably be all heavy metal <laughs> and some gangster rap. Because <laughs> that's how I roll. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I knew all about life. And I didn't even understand faith, and I even saw other students who actually knew their Bibles really well being tried because of the hard-knock life here at NBC. And I saw two things, just throw my whole time here, two things would happen. One, people who didn't take their walk with God serious, it would show. It would show through their actions. It would show through their homework and their hearts. And ultimately they would just give up because they felt like if that's hard they would walk away not walk away from God wholeheartedly most of the time but they would think man if my walk with God is this hard I don't think I can do it and all it was was just their lack of spiritual and life disciplines that's all it is that God graciously gives us he gives us discipline for a reason to make our lives easier and to bring him glory And all because they just didn't want to see the change that they needed to make. Or I would see people who would genuinely want to change. And you would see what God has done in their lives through the test or trial that they're going through, and they would want to grow more and more to bring God glory, because that's what it's all about, right? Right? Correct. And they would open up their Bibles and just see what God's Word can do to their lives. And... The funny thing was, that's what happened to me, and a friend of mine thought I would be the last person that that would ever happen to. I thought that was pretty funny. And all my story is just a story among hundreds. But God, he is so good. And when facing trials and lacking godly wisdom, that's a hard thing to go through, right? And when you're going through these trials and you're lacking godly wisdom... What you're really doing on is just relying on your own abilities. How many people have ever been there? It's not good enough, is it? You've probably experienced that. No matter what it is. When I was facing trials at this time a while ago, when I started, um, it was because well I repented, but then unrepentant sin from my past I felt I needed to deal with was coming up. I didn't know how to deal with it. I was facing the trials of not knowing how to be a civilian because I was getting out of the military. I was letting the labels of PTSD and TBI, which is called traumatic brain injury, be my identity and not Christ. And like I said, I didn't know my Bible. And because of that, I tried to end my life twice. By the grace of God, it did not work. And so when I started taking my walk with God serious, God used this school to teach me great truths through God's word. And the trials that we face at school and in life, this school has taught me God's word and taught me how to take it serious in gaining a good godly wisdom. And for those of us who follow Jesus, we need to be seeing that he has what we need to get through it, right? So there are three things that I want you to take from today. And I'm going to expound on them. And honestly, for a lot of us, it's, it's just probably going to be a reminder. But it's going to be a great reminder. And if there are any one of you that are just struggling, I hope that it is new to you and I hope you are listening. But whatever category you fit in, I truly hope you are blessed through this. So here are the three things. Number one, God holds dear to His Word, and we are to live our lives by God's Word. Number two, we are to be in God's Word constantly. And number three, by faith, we can see just how powerful God's Word is and what it can do to our hearts, minds, and lives. Those are the three things I want you to get when we look at Scripture. And as a way of introduction... Uh, Turn with me to James, Chapter One. All right, verses five through eight say If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and in it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So James's Jewish audience understood this practical insight here, and they knew that it was necessary to live a life of divine wisdom. This passage is telling us to ask God for wisdom, and he will give generously. And this comes through faith and not having any doubt in him. That's sometimes pretty hard to do, isn't it? I, I thought it was. But God's word has so much to say. And you see, godly wisdom comes from God's word and not anything else. He teaches us life lessons through trials in living life, but he gives us wisdom through his word, and those trials should draw us to his word. And I remember it was last year, uh, about this time, I was going through something, and I was not doing what this passage was saying. I wasn't asking God for wisdom in this part of my life. And the funny thing is, I never really did Up until this point, and Mr. President Jim Carlson was teaching out of Mark 4 about Jesus being with his disciples on the boat. You guys remember that? And he said something out of there saying, perfect love casts out fear. When God interjects into our problems, fear and chaos in life, through his word and love, that and he is our salvation. Then he gave six things for us to remember going through Matthew 4. And he ended it by saying, Jesus is in the dang boat. Loved it. And I was sitting there, tears, going, duh. It was crazy. And just looking at God's word, just reading that. And it was relieving. Really relieving. So thank you for that. And that's just one of many lessons what this school does. It's absolutely beautiful. So, you see, God's wisdom, like I said, comes through his word. The Bible is giving us a little wisdom right here, even in this passage, if you think about it. Ask God for wisdom. So in order for us to be joyous and submissive in our trials of life, we must ask God for that wisdom. And here's a great quote that I read in a book that I want to read to you by a guy named Jeremy Lalek. He says, "While God does guide our lives and hearts, the only assurance we have that we are receiving wisdom genuinely from God is that He is, is that. Oh, sorry, from God is that it is always conditioned and shaped by the Bible, the only foundation for all of life and our thinking. You see, God has already spoken divine wisdom into the world, and that wisdom has been revealed in the form of Scripture." So when we seek wisdom from God, the first place we should begin to search is our Bibles. Love it. And so when I was asked to talk in chapel and going through this stuff, I was asking myself, what does the Word of God do and godly wisdom do for us, particularly here in school, for you guys? What can we possibly face here in this Christian bubble that could cause a trial, being in school? Well, let me say on a side note, get out of your Christian bubble. Whatever you're learning here, go and teach it to someone that needs to hear it, because there are a lot of lost souls out there. Would you agree? And if you're one of those, get out of your Christian bubble. That's called being stagnant. And that is a trial that you can face here. So get out of it. But back to what else we can face. Some of the things that I've seen and I have dealt with as well are this. One, being tempted and not doing what you should be doing. Such as homework. This one's not necessarily bad, but it could be bad. Being tempted and wanting to be in a relationship. This one's a good one. Not serving in your church or in your community or whatever. Not serving God at all because you feel like you're too busy and you're not using your time wisely. We serve a God of order and God has given us time. Or you're being too social and not responsible to be in your studies. That can happen about this time of year. It happened to me once. This one's a big one. and I'm pretty sure you guys have probably heard this. The Bible just becomes an academic thing. And it doesn't become the bread of life that we need to sustain us. The list could go on, but I want to ask you, which one are you going through, if at all? And if so, what are you doing about it? For me, when I first started here, it wasn't putting my full trust in God, and that carried on a little bit, because I wasn't relying on God's word, and also, it did become an academic thing for me for a semester. Weird how that can happen. Because I wasn't letting the word of God be my bread of life. And at this time, a professor said to me this. When living a godly life, set yourself up to succeed one day at a time to glorify him. And that was Gail. I love that. When living a godly life, set yourself up to succeed one day at a time to glorify him. Anyways, now we're going to get to those three things. So turn with me to Deuteronomy, chapter 8. Verses 2 through 3 say this. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, Allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So at this time, the people here were to remember what God has done for them and not forget. They were in the wilderness for 40 years and tested so that the basic attitude of the people toward God and his commandments would be made known. He tested their obedience. And at the end of this passage, in verse 3, it tells us, man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So the first thing I want you to see was that God holds dear to his word. And therefore, we should live our lives by God's word. We are not to live just on bread, food, but every word that he tells us. Every word. Sometimes that's hard to do, but God is amazing. Next is in Joshua 1.8. You don't have to go there if you don't want to, but you can. And it says this. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night. That you may observe it or observe to according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous and then you will have good success. I love this verse. Because. In wanting to take my walk with God serious in dealing with trials and just living life, it gives me such great hope that he will, he will give us a way out or give us what we need to hear. Do you agree with that? I just love that passage. And the phrase, the book of the law, is obviously in reference to scripture, and this time particularly looking at Genesis through Deuteronomy. And it was telling them to meditate in it which means read with thoughtfulness. The parts of Scripture that they always had were their spiritual food for those who were serving, serving the God. Therefore, his word should do the same for us just as it did back then. And this is what it's saying is that we should be in God's word constantly. So as students, you guys are in God's word constantly, Right? So how are you supposed to do that? Quiet times? Yeah. When you're sitting in class and the teachers are giving you verses, meditate on them. Don't just use them for homework. Really meditate on them. I st- when I started doing that, God's Word just came alive and praising Him and giving Him the glory made it so much easier. An example... I was in Scott's Psalms class and we were on the topic praying for our enemies. And I can't remember exactly where we were at but we had a pretty in-depth conversation about doing this because I had some unresolved issues from what I went through in the war and Scott challenged me. He showed me what God's word had to say about praying for your enemies and challenged me to start thinking about these things and he brought me to to Matthew 5.44, it says, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And this is what he also taught me. And I quote, ready for this? Be diligent where you are so you can be diligent where you are growing. And this is quite fitting in dealing with trials and in life. Be diligent where you are so you can be diligent where you are growing. Growing. Be diligent in God's word. Meditate. And the next last thing I want to talk to you about is the author of Hebrews makes a very enlightening description of what the Word of God is. In Hebrew 12, or Hebrews 4:12 says this. For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. And I love, I'm not going to stop there. I want to go on to verse 13 because I love it. And there is no creation hidden from his sight. We're not hidden. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. I'm not necessarily talking on that verse, more focusing on verse 12, but let that be known and let that sink in. So at this time, some of the Hebrews were going through the motions in belonging to God. It was more of just an intellectual thing for them. And inside, in their hearts, they weren't really committed to Him. And God's Word exposed their hearts, their shallow beliefs, and their false intentions. And this we need to see is the power of God's Word. Even as Christians, He can pierce Our shallow beliefs, when it comes, can pierce our false intentions and hopefully pierce our hearts. So we, by faith, should see how powerful God's Word is and what it can do to our hearts and minds. So when faced with these trials, whether here at school or in life, be encouraged with these three things and these passages mainly and remember them. That's why I have my little journal, because I love to write. I didn't even take take the class, but I was encouraged to start writing quotes that I've learned from Scripture that I was challenged with, and I love it. And so why these three things? Because all of life, these verses that I described above, describe the essential or crucial and main nature of the Bible. Our soul's survival depends on God's Word. Our worship of God and our knowing of God depends on the word of God. And without it, quote, human perception is a distorted reality. And without scripture as our lens, it is a profound fractured reality. And that was again by a guy named Jeremy Lalek. So in the words of Pastor Dave Barnhart or P. Diddy, Put that in your theological pipe and smoke it. (laughs) Let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you so much just for your word and how I was encouraged again by going through stuff from the past that you have to say to teach us. And I pray for these students, Lord, as they continue with school, that whatever is going on in their lives, that they just learn to let you into their lives wholeheartedly and draw close to your word. And I pray that the challenge that you present to them is a good one, and that they are able to draw close to you, God. And bless the rest of this week, and we love you, we worship you. And it's in your name we pray, amen.